Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you could pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Join with me, Neil Orfield, who has a, a near 100% probability of, uh, of being on the podcast. Uh, according to your, your tweets, I was I was looking at your your tweets over the weekend. Is that is that something that you that you like to do? Like especially on a four game uh, split NFL slate, like going through going uh, based on this first game, the scores. What's the the likelihood of a player being in the winning lineup? And yeah. even if you yeah, post so- it, is it does does that does that affect like your your late swaps or, or like like? And we saw this past weekend. Uh, obviously, you needed Gabe Davis at the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it should it should affect my late swaps. I for me it doesn't really uh, as as often as it should just because I'm a 150 maxer and I'm kind of I never really shoot for min cash equity. So unless I have a lineup that I think has a real shot at winning, I'm not doing a ton of late swap uh, for, for NFL in particular in NBA. I do a little bit more because I just optimize uh, and I, you know, I don't set as many rules in NBA, so I don't, um, you know, kind of make lineups structured in a certain way for NBA as much. So it's easier to just optimize to what I want to do um, in terms of getting to exposures that I like to players. But for NFL, I don't late swap probably as much as I should just because I'm only really paying attention to the lineups that I think have a chance to actually win something. Um, but yeah, in, in those, between- in those lineups, do you, do you like, is it the type of thing where it's like, Oh, the likelihood of Aaron Jones being in the, in the winning lineup is very high. So I'm going to focus on those lineups and then maybe change a bunch of stuff around for those yeah. lineups. Yep, I do that, and I do that usually more by hand than by uh, than I don't use late swap optimizer as much. Then I'll just kind of do it by hand. I mean, some you can also optimize, go into Fantasy Cruncher, take off all of my edits, and just optimize for the actual projections, which I do sometimes. Um, but yeah, so I, I tweeted out that the first one of those, uh, just kind of for the fun of it, just because I feel like. I have a tendency to sometimes overreact to early scores. Like, oh, this guy scored a touchdown and I don't have him and now I'm dead, you know, that kind of thing. And I feel like other people do that too. So I was just like, I'm just going to tweet this out and, uh, you know, see how it goes. And and those figures are estimates. I mean, you're not like... I'm not using any kind of... Right. Yeah, it's all just my, it's all just my read. Uh, but it, and, if, and I only had one person ask me that, like, what is this based on? Because uh, on one of them I had put, this is just my, this is not scientific, this is just my read. And then somebody asked me. So then going forward, I put my read at the top of each tweet. So people didn't think that I was like actually running Sims or something. Um, but No, no, what you should have done is put my read, but still put the figures at very precise. 57.84%. Yeah. And that's your, that that's your read. Yeah. Uh, cause then, then it'll look like you obviously are like kind of running a mathematical type of thing, but you're, you're really not. Yeah. Yeah. And it, so I started doing it kind of spur of the moment. And then as I was going, I was like, so I put must haves as, as the top one. Uh, but then I only put 90%, which isn't really must have necessarily if you have a 90% plus probability. And then I had nice to have, which is 50% plus, I don't know. Was, uh, so I was getting some pushback, I think more based on the, uh, terminology that I used rather than the numbers that I was putting on them. Um, but it was, so yeah, I tweeted one without really having a plan, just kind of spur of the moment. I decided to tweet it, um, and immediately gained like 150 followers. <laughs> like I think a couple people retweeted, which for me, I don't have a ton of followers on Twitter. So I was like, okay, if people are enjoying this, I'll keep doing it every half. Uh, so I 
did it every half of the weekend and I'll try to do it next week. Uh, although next week I will be in Arizona for the tournament of champions. So I might be a little bit uh, occupied during the game. So we'll see if I can actually. Well, I don't know. It. I don't know if people enjoyed it. Just that typically the, if you're giving out like information like that, you just, you gain followers. I suppose, but it wasn't even information. It was just my read. I mean, yeah. Do you, do you think people know the difference? Really? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> when I in the beginning of the football season, most of the time, like the first half, I, on Mondays and Tuesdays, I tweet out, you know, like like looking through results. DB, this is you know the the biggest differentials, whatever. And then you get you get a couple hundred followers or whatever like that. And it's like, don't you realize that most of this account is jokes? Right. <laughs> so people like useful information. That's good to know. I don't usually do a lot of useful information. My account was started just as a rant uh, tweet account. I didn't, you know, it's like I, I can't rant on my on my regular Twitter account at the time. So I just started my DFS Twitter account as a here's where I'm going to rant into the void. <laughs> and uh, apparently, people you can still you can still you, do that. What what I what, what I, I found what I found on on Twitter uh, is that that people don't understand that you're a person. Like, like they're people, they're people misunderstanders because there, there, there are a lot of, a lot of times that like the reason that you're following me is, is you're either following me or your people think they're following it for like a specific type of information. So it's like, like I'm following you for your DFS, uh, the strategy stuff. Right. And then you post something that has nothing to do with that. They're like, like, I'm going to unfollow you now. Then define. Then I'm a person. Go ahead. Right? Yeah. Like during, during the presidential election, I'm going ape shit, you know, posting all these predictions and yelling at people and people are taking bets yeah. left and right. It's like, oh, if I wanted politics, I wouldn't have followed you. Like, I'm a person. I'm a, like, this is yeah. like, the, that's why I make it a point in my profile. Like, this is who I am as a person. Right? And I, I'm a DFS player. I host this show and whatever. Yes, it's primarily going to be DFS related. But, you know, like last night, I, I'm tweeting out stuff about the Game Changer Wrestling pay-per-view. And, of course, of course, those tweets get almost no engagement. Like, it, it gets yeah. almost no engagement because... I saw it. I didn't interact because I have no Right. Idea. You have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about, right? But I, but, but I, I know not to go, like, overboard with that, yeah. right? Like, I don't use my Twitter to, like, like oh, I like it, this, the sandwich that I'm eating and here's the shit that I'm doing. It's like, if there's something interesting to say, I'm going to say it. I'm gonna post a picture or something like that, and the one and the and, and the ones that know know, and the ones that don't could just like just overlook it or whatever. Because I, I some wrestling people were still like tweeting like, "Oh, what do you think about whatever?" But that's fine. But it's like you get you get you get the the DMs or something, or you get responses. Stick to what you know or something. Yeah, yeah. You're like like what? Shut up and dribble, Jordan. Right. Shut up and dribble. Right. They're the they're the people misunderstanders. Yeah. Like we're people. And then, then sometimes you follow people just because they are people, right? Like you follow, you follow draft cheat because of like, you, you, you know, you're not getting any information. The whole point yeah, is that a troll. I mean, right, just, right. You're just right. Exactly. They're there to watch the trolling. Yeah. Right. Or, or like, there's so many people that tweet out during the games and like, I, I, I don't have any compelling notion to do that unless I have like some type of like witty quip or something. Like oh my god I can't believe that play, yeah. To me that's to me to me that's more annoying because a lot of times those tweets if you're not watching the thing that they're watching 
you have no fucking clue what's going on. Yeah, that's true. If you don't provide any context, you just like, you know, people who follow my account, I can probably assume that most of them are watching the football game, but not necessarily all of them. Yeah, I, I usually provide a little bit of context, but yeah, yeah but you don't I, have I, to. I mean, it's I your Twitter account. You can do whatever the, the fuck you want. Yeah, and, and then I follow like uh, soccer people. I probably follow because of you. I probably follow some soccer DFS people who will tweet something that I have no idea what they're talking about, and it's because they don't provide that context. Yeah, there's. I, I see what you mean. That's uh, it's a little bit frustrating because then like I want to know, like I want to dig in, but like they don't provide even enough context for me to figure out what they're talking about, what sport they're talking about. Are they talking about sports? Is this a bachelor thing? Like I, yeah, that's uh, can't right. What a goal! Like that's the whole tweet. What a goal! Yeah, yeah. Well, in that case, I at least have some idea. It's at least sports related. Right. I can narrow it down to what? Soccer, hockey. Uh, if it's so. in the morning, it's probably soccer. If it's at night, it's probably hockey. Yeah. Right? Add a hashtag. Add the game, the game hashtag you could add to it. Yeah. Right? There's, 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 there's stuff to do. But I mean, yeah. but I'm also not the type of person that, like, if I see that in my Twitter timeline, I'm like, I'm going to reply to this guy and say, where was the context? You're, you're, you're a very poor Twitter follow. It's like, like, dude, there's the mute button. There's a follow. I mean, like, you put them on lists. Like that's what I that's what I do for like the very sports specific people. I just I just put them on li- I just put them on sports specific lists. So it's like yeah. if if I'm not if I'm not uh, uh, watching football or fo- or playing like NBA DFS, it's like all of that stuff is in my basketball list and yeah, it's not yeah, I'm not, I, I I'm not following I using the lists and I think that I should I think that's actually really useful on Twitter probably more so uh, for. Uh, somebody actually, after one of our podcasts, somebody sent me. So I, I had referenced uh, that somebody, JM to win maybe, uh, had referenced that he has a Twitter list of NFL beat reporters to follow. Mm-hmm. And somebody who watched our, so I, re- I referenced that on this podcast. And somebody who watched this podcast then sent me the list that it was that he thought he was talking about. So that was really helpful for me. So I think going forward, I should probably figure out how to use lists a little bit better, especially for XFL when XFL comes back, because you don't really get good information from XFL unless you're following very specific people. So I think uh, that's actually a huge edge in kind of those more minor sports. I know if you've account, I've encountered people because we get it in Roto-Grinders, discord people that don't even use twitter like to me i think to me from 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 an information perspective i think twitter is like the best resource for any dfs player yeah oh yeah for sure me too so like it always it always amazes me where it's like where could i find out this information it's like just twitter search or like like and it's not like you even have to like follow like oh like I, i don't follow all the beat writers for the NFL. I just follow the accounts that aggregate that information, but I don't necessarily even need to follow them. I don't even need to put them on a list. It's like, like you could type in a player's name into Twitter search and you'll find something like, if you know, uh, what is, what is uh, Zach Levine status? Is there any news? Like number one, we have like services like Roto grinders and, and ETR and underdog and, like they they post notifications and all yeah, stuff I like that, on, that. I turn on notifications for some of those accounts just to get the information. Quickly. Right. So you don't even have to look for it. But let's say you let's say you wanted to. Let's say it's like this guy's questionable NBA. They would and shoot around. Sometimes you just type I in the, find the information before the aggregator puts it out there because you can find it from the beat reporter sometimes quicker than they put it out there. So yeah, you, you, it's pretty easy to find information just by searching on Twitter. Right. Just searching for the players list. the player's name or just the and. So you you don't you don't even have to follow that. And also another another tip to media consumption wise, I I I think that 
that a lot I think a lot a lot of a lot of people like I think I think on I think they're they're using Twitter there's a way to use Twitter in a plus EV manner. I think that yeah. there there there's certain people that first off like follow everything. To me I think that's that's minus EV. That's like let's let's say you were to fo- like actually follow use the follow button and follow all the beat writers for all the sports. Let's say you play all the sports. So you're following the MMA guys. You're following the the local reporter for the Jets. You're f- fo- you're following all of that and now you're following 3000 people and you're just using your main feed. I can't see how that that's that that's that's how you could use that. Yeah. It just becomes a fire hose of a lot of stuff that most of the time you're getting you're getting you're you're not getting the information that you need or you're getting a ton of promotional stuff and it's like everything is intermixed into that yeah. that it would be much better to have list or have aggregators of that like that like to me uh Justin for underdog yeah like is the king of NBA news like if there's anything oh, yeah. about anything like it, there will be an underdog alert i feel no compelling need to follow any NBA beat writer, like just any, like I have some in my NBA list, but I will not, there's no reason for me to like have them in my main timeline, which for me, like the way that I have it set up, I have a screen, I have three screens in front of me on my computer and I have tweet deck. So I have like my main timeline. Then I have a news timeline, which is like news and politics and stuff. And then I have all the sports. So it's like, you know, and whatever sport I'm playing is the closest to, to, to the main timeline. So if I'm not playing soccer, like my soccer's all the way at the other end of the screen. It's like, I'm not going to need that till Saturday, pretty much. I mean, I can see what's going on there, but whatever. But the main timeline that I have is the timeline that I would use on my phone. So it's like any, any, anything that, so I, like I'll have the, the, like the, the news, like the underdog account. I will have, uh, you know, I'll have uh, Shams and Wodge, like the really, like like Schefter, like those types of guys I will follow. But the local beat reporters will be in the, the lists so that it's like, if I'm on my phone, that means I'm not like actively like building lineups and, you know, doing CSV stuff. So it's the type of stuff where I'm in the bathroom or I'm out shopping or, you know, on the couch at nine o'clock at night or, you know, something like that, where it's like, my main timeline is the main people, and if you know Schefter tweets something about the NFL game that night, like it's there. Like I'll yeah. probably get a notification if it's that important, but it's kind of like I'm not going to follow you. You're not going to be in that unless I want. That's going to be my 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 phone consumption, and then uh, I also take out anyone that that retweets stuff too much. I turn off their retweets. Like okay. some some they're, 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 exactly. Turn off retweets. You could do that in Twitter. You could go to their profile and just turn off retweets. So there's a, there's a sure. bunch of people that like retweet that type of news. So it's yeah. like I'll get the I'll get the alert, and then there's people that are in like the fantasy space. Typically, they're fantasy analysts that retweet the beat reporters, and it's like I don't need to see this in my main timeline like 14 times when I've already gotten the news from right. Wodge. Already, I don't need to see his retweet seven times already. So it sounds like you're using your Twitter in a much more plus EV manner than I am. I mean, I, I don't do any of that. I don't. I haven't been using lists. When you say TweetDeck, I don't actually know what that means exactly. TweetDeck is the is the is the is the PC Mac uh, app 
for Twitter okay. that you have columns. Okay. So you, like right. anything could be a column. So like you could have obviously you have a column for your mentions, column for your notifications. You could have a column for your timeline, column for any list. You could have a yeah. column for any search. You could have a that column for for anything. So yeah. if you if you're looking for like uh, inactives, for like forget like if you want on a Sunday or something like that to just type in the word inactives and have that as a column and it'll populate as the tweets come in. You could do uh, that, and then obviously. Uh, there's also settings for each column. You can make it so that that like only tweets that were like uh, liked more than 50 times. Like like you could have like only from certain accounts, certain keywords, certain. I mean, most of the time I just have lists. It's just like basically my main timeline and my lists. Yeah. Uh, but it's so you can see it all on one screen. I don't have to flip between. It's all it's all taking up one 27 inch monitor. I like and that. I could just, and you could set up as many lists as possible, any columns as possible, and you could scroll back and forth if you want. But like, yeah. it's a way so you could take in Twitter like all in one big chunk, yeah, uh, without having to refresh or you know pull down or anything. It just it's just running that type I should, of thing. I should do that. So all I do is I have like uh, I have Twitter notifications turned on for accounts that are relevant at a given time. So like coming up on the NBA trade, trade deadline, I turn on Woj and Shams and Mark Stein, all, all the ones who might be tweeting out uh, trade deadline related stuff. And then I turn turn off those notifications when it's not NBA trade deadline season. Uh, and then during football season, I turn on, you know, underdog NFL, that kind of stuff. So I'm uh, all I'm the only way I'm differentiating between different um, accounts that I follow is just turning on notifications for the ones that are relevant for me. But it sounds like that would be a lot more useful to actually have different tweet decks and different ways of consuming information. Well, because I mean, I I, 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 well, I like seeing the context behind everything. I like seeing what other sites are tweeting, you know, someone, yeah. you know, other analysts are, you know, that, that, that here's the game that we're going for, you know, like whatever. You know, whatever all the sites are doing, the articles that are coming out, the, oh, oh, Levitan's this thing came out. Oh, let me take a look. You know, it updates there, like, if I want to. But you're using Twitter the same way that I use, like, Roto-Grinders notifications. Like, like that information is coming to me. I, I don't need to turn on Twitter uh, alerts. So it comes yeah. as, because I already have, like, what's going to happen is that it's going to show up on Twitter, and two minutes later, I'm going to get a Roto-Grinders alert for oh, that yeah. exact I, news. I get that. Right, so like I, to do that doubly, I'll I can understand doing one or the other, but not both, because then both yeah. would be like, why do you have to get two notifications? And the yeah, thing I've, about I've, and the thing about turning on Twitter notifications for accounts is that there's no there's no granular control on that. So like like a Roto Grinders alert will always be news. Will always there's there's that like if I just do underdog NBA, I mean every once in a while they like they're tweeting out starting lineups that I may not. Need, like I only care if the starting lineup is somehow like different than you expected, right? So like I don't want to hear the note of I I don't anytime I hear a notification on my phone, it sends that like like rabbit ears up of like I got I should be looking at this, and I don't want to have uh, twenty five notifications on a night of NBA when it's just oh the starting lineup for the for the Knicks is as expected. Yep. Like, no, I just want, I, I want to hear the sound if it's not as expected, which if it wasn't as expected, I'd get a road to grind as well. I'd get, I'd get the notification for, so like, I'm, I never have my sound on. So it's, it's all just visual for me. So maybe that's, so how, well, what I'm, can, can you miss it? 
Can't you miss one or something? Theoretically, but my phone lights up, and I'm I always you know see things when it's that close to lock. Anyway, um, right when it's close to NBA lock, I've just got my phone kind of at my hand, so I don't really miss stuff. They turn on sound to make it easier. Just a ding, ding. Could, but but you're still you're you're yeah, using you're using Twitter in the same. I mean, we're both using Twitter in in for similar purposes. Yeah, for sure. I just I just I'm a little bit more I'm a little bit more granular and. And maybe, maybe a little bit, a little bit more, uh, uh, kind of a stickler. Sophisticated. You're st- you're sophisticated in how you use Twitter. Well, how long have you been on Twitter? Uh, I don't know. So I, I think my my original account, uh, I've probably been on for ten years, but I like have used it very sparingly and oh. never really took off. And then I started my uh, DFS account specifically because I was like. I just need to rant, essentially, and not even rant. Just I, I need to whine into the void was kind of the idea coming into it, and I didn't really expect to have a ton of followers. But and I also uh, partially because I thought this is where I will get more information. I'll follow people who just tweet about DFS. Initially, was the thought. I'm just I'm not going to follow anybody political. Um, I'm just going to follow DFS people and just get information that I need. So, so your um, account. So, 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 your, if I go to your follow list, it's just going to be. Well, that DFS was the people. idea. That was the idea. Okay. <laughs> it, it, that is mostly true, actually. It, it's, it's mostly DFS people. It's some NFT people as well. Um, ways that I you know, try to make money, I guess, is essentially right. what it comes down to. Um, yeah, I don't think there's many exceptions to that in my follow list. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I have a much, much wider mix. I don't follow celebrities, though. I never get that. I don't care. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't care what Kanye West is doing. I Like, what, what does that matter? Yeah, I think... Sometimes that matters for NFT stuff, so I might follow some uh, celebrities who are into NFT stuff. But in general, yeah, I agree with you. I don't, I don't get a lot out of following celebrities on Twitter. Right. So m- most of my the accounts that I follow are typically fantasy sports, wrestling, technology, politics, business. My like, like, yep. like following like market people, like the top end, like blue, like 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 Joe Weisenthal of like Odd Lots or something, because yep. he. Just it's it's a way because even though I do have like a, like a business tab, business finance whatever list, it's like that's kind of like 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 a fire hose more more or less. I mean it's not like absurd like that, but it's like people are commenting on stuff and oh the stocks are down, everything's going to shit, whatever yeah. like that type of stuff. But it's like, well my main timeline are just like like maybe two or three people that. Are essentially saying that they and they put out their own content and media where it's yeah. like okay I, if I'm on my phone I, I kind of know what's going on like just like in politics it's like okay yeah. I know I know what's going on I'm you know following you know three or four people that I can see you know considered you know worthwhile follows so it's like it's sprinkled in in between everyone yelling about a football game or something yeah yeah and uh I mean mine I, I should say I I have not really been very careful about who I add. Sometimes I just add people because I want to follow the drama that's going on, you know, that kind of thing. So do you unfollow? So, do you, you I mean, a, do you, do you go in and you follow unfollow people? Rarely. I, I don't. Do you, do you, okay. Do, do you, okay, here, here, let's get into controversial stuff. Okay. Do you, do, do you, I mean, from, for Twitter, for Twitter use, uh, yeah. do you, do you, do you unfollow or do you mute? Do you ever mute people? Uh, I have muted maybe a couple people lifetime and it's because there are people that i already didn't follow and they still showed up in my timeline all the time uh people like maybe 
go Sixers go might be someone that I, <laughs> if I haven't muted him, I would at least think about muting him. Just people that I'm like, this, it just makes me mad every time I read something you tweet. So <laughs> basically you're using the mute button to get rid of people in your timeline that you don't follow. Yeah, exactly. But it's not that, but you know that you could follow someone and mute them. So you're still following them. It's just that you never see anything from them. I never understand. I don't understand the purpose of that. Yeah, I would, I would just unfollow you. If, I, if I'm so annoyed by you that I never want to see what you're tweeting, I'm just going to unfollow you. No, actually, I actually, I, I have to take that back, Neil. Okay. I, 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 in, in recent, recently, I have muted people that I've followed. Okay. And it, it's temporary. It's, it's, it's the DFS people that I follow for DFS. It's very, it's very similar to, to, the, to me complaining about, like, oh, why are you tweeting about the thing that I like? Like, it's, it's basically the DFS people that... Uh, 95 plus percent of their tweets now are nft related yeah. and i i don't i don't care <laughs> right? i've had to be i've had to be careful to not i'm trying to keep my account a dfs account occasionally i like there are things that there are times that i want to get into it and i just i'm, I'm just not going to i'm trying to keep it mostly nft or mostly dfs related and then i just change my profile picture to an nft here and there but right like i don't to, care about what's going on with looks i don't care about your looks i don't know what that means yeah. but i don't care about your looks <laughs> <laughs> it was just free money for a while, and now it's less free money. Oh, so I mean, okay. I'm, uh, so I missed out on the looks. You missed out on some I missed money. out on the looks. Uh, and then blo- and as far as blocking people, like I used to, I used to be someone that did re- barely ever block people. Now I, 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 my, I, I block people very, very uh, uh, easily. And to me, my my rule when it comes to blocking is I, I don't. Uh, here's my here's my here's my two here's my two things that I do. Uh, I don't know if it has anything to do with daily fantasy sports, but this is how to use Twitter and media better for your DFS play. We'll kind of try to make that the topic today, I guess. Uh, if you're if you're if you're uh, replying to me too much, anyone that wants okay. to argue bullshit, yeah, an insult and everything like that. I have no problem if you do that, like, as a subtweet or something. Just fucking my notification. I have Twitter notifications on. So yeah. when I get mentioned, I get a do-do-do-do-do, you know, whatever. And I don't want, you know, because I, I like reply. I, I like replying to people quickly. Someone has yeah. a question. Someone has something to say. If I'm available, yeah. like, yeah, sure. I mean, I've, I like having conversations. Me too. I'm the same way. Right. So I want so so a lot of people say, well, why don't you just turn them off, turn the notifications off? Well, then it it ruins and the purpose of of why I'm using Twitter. So it's yeah. like if you're gonna fucking oh that's bullshit and you're fuck you and blo-, like you're blocked, like just like because that's that's the only way I could get you to stop fucking fucking notifications and stuff. And yeah. Yeah. what 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 uh, what usefulness do you have to me that you that you're gonna do stuff like that? Also another another thing uh, any to any time. Uh, very similarly, uh, I, I I will sometimes look at their timeline, and if their if their timeline does not align with uh, anything that I would like to talk about, I just block them prematurely. <laughs> I have I have people that tweet at me a lot uh, that I lo- I looked at their timeline and I found that to be the case that we were probably not aligned on a lot of issues. Right, uh, but I, I keep it cordial and you know try to. Be friendly. I can be friendly with people that I disagree with on some some core things. Is kind of the 
the way that I'm trying to go with things. Uh, but I could see it going sour if I if I tweet the wrong thing, if I tweet out my feelings about certain topics. I could see people who are very buddy buddy with me uh, deciding that they're not suddenly. If right. I, if I tweet well, topics. and then sometimes, and that that's typically when I find that's typically when I go through the blocking spree because it's like it's yeah. it's almost like bait. It's like oh, something happened in the news. And I'm going to say something that that for some people would take as being on the on the wrong side of the political spectrum, even though yep. there, there's really just a right answer and you're an asshole. And right. if you're not right, yeah. and then then people start coming out of the woodwork, and then you go, never seen this person before, and you look in their Tamil timeline, and it and you could tell by the people that they retweet that what's the purpose of having any conversation with this person? So I just yeah. like. Bye-bye. So I, I take the different approach of I just kind of ignore people. I just don't interact a lot of the time. I just – Yeah, but the notifications go off. Yeah, if I guess – so I, I've never blocked anybody, I think, on either of my Twitter accounts. It's never gotten to that point for me. I also only have 3,000 followers now after my big uh, my big spree yesterday of adding right. a lot of new followers. So I'm pretty small potatoes. I don't have a lot of you know haters, people that are coming after me or anything. Uh, so maybe that's the difference. Maybe I'm just not at your level where I need to be kind of people right, but, wanting to engage me. And you also have more of that personality where you're a little bit combative intentionally. Right. So that probably baits people <laughs> in a little bit more than I'm pretty, pretty low key. So uh, I don't think I attract it quite as much as you do. But yeah, I don't think there's, I would probably get to that point if, if people keep tweeting at me, keep wanting to have this conversation, I definitely can see the, the usefulness to the block tool. Right. Right, because Twitter is for me. It's not for. It's not for. It's not for you. Right. It's for me. I mean, like, oh, 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 you're, oh, you're snowflake. I don't care what you think of me. Who gives a shit? Yeah, sure. I'm right. A I don't anyway. care. What? I don't. I don't see the. the obviously, other than to promote my shit. Obviously, when I go on a show and everything, I post uh, stuff like that. But like, I, I, I use Twitter in the way that I want to use Twitter. Yeah. I'm not. I'm. And there'll be there'll be occasions during a, a Monday night football game or something where I'm tweeting 10, 12 times. Yeah. And then there'll be, I could go three days without a tweet. And it doesn't mean I'm not on Twitter, just that I have nothing to, I have nothing to say. Like I've not, I've nothing, I, I nothing feel like, like I'm providing any value. There's nothing, nothing, no joke or quip or anything. There's just, there's nothing. It's like, okay, here's, here's the, here's this podcast I'm on. I'll see you tomorrow. I mean, I'm still looking, I'm still Looking yeah, and a lot of times I'm replying, but a lot of times I'm replying back to other people, just not tweeting myself. Because I also don't do the 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 quote tweet. Like I'm an old school Twitter person, so I come in 2009. I was on Twitter, but I was on Twitter using Twitter because yeah. I was in the like the technology space. So any new app that came out, I was uh, on the unit. This is what I'm having for dinner. So, this is well, you're a big TikTok guy now. That's what you're saying. Uh, no, I, I've tried to, I've tried TikTok. It seems like a waste of time. Right. Yeah, it's entertainment only. I, right. Well, I, that's the point that I'm making. Like it's just, the app right now. Yeah. Right. Understand that my, my natural inclination is podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. So, so instead of TikTok, I'm, I just listen to 7 million podcasts. Uh, so back, back in the day, like as far as like credit is concerned, it used to be that the re retweet wasn't even a button. Like you couldn't retweet like and and have it show as the other person's tweet. All you do is before the the tweet put the letters RT and the person's name, and then there you go. So like like I I I don't like personally personally. You could do whatever you want. Like anyone on Twitter could do whatever the fuck they want. It's their own Twitter account. 
I'm not the type of person that does the quote tweet with like the like the arrow or the eyeballs. Oh, it's yeah. like like look at this. Look at like, dude, you had nothing to add. Why didn't you just retweet the fucking thing? Just go yeah. here, retweet, like, you know. Like, well, because then they have Blender not seeing it because you you have them muted on their retweets. Only people that do it too much, right? Yeah, <laughs> but to me, it's a credit thing. It's like, like you could just you could just retweet if you it just that it's it's interesting. Right. Well, but nothing. But they could use it that way if they want. I'm just saying, me yeah, personally, yeah. I don't like going through and going. I agree with this. Finger point down. Finger right. point, like, fuck so, you. So here's what they're doing. They're getting engagement, right? So if they do the eyeball thing, that counts as their own tweet. So then it counts as, so everybody who likes their eyeball. Yeah, that's the reason they the, do it. That's the point why I don't. Hundreds of thousands of, of likes and stuff. So they're getting engagement for doing their little eyeball thing. And right, or probably nothing. Yeah. Probably nothing. Everything is probably nothing. Thank, thanks. Thanks for the little bit of news that doesn't matter. Probably nothing. Some C-list celebrity has an NFT. Probably nothing. Prob probably nothing. I could do that all day. Why don't... Well, maybe I'll get more followers doing that. I mean, if you just get an NFT, put it as your profile picture, a lot of people will follow you. Has been my experience. <laughs> that, that's that. Is that the hack? Should I just should I just tweet about NFTs? Yeah. Even if, what what will people think if probably I? Probably not anymore. It's dead now. Nobody it's now. It's oh now it's dead. We don't want to read about your dead NFT. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I need to I need to pump my bags, right? Yeah. I don't got any bag. Can I pretend to have bags? Sure. Yeah. Right click right click save my my profile picture. You can pretend it's yours. Okay. I mean I can pretend that for anyone. What's the most expensive ape? Can I can I put that as my, my profile picture? Uh will I people... would have no issue with it. You you could in theory do the uh, apparently uh, the the profile thing where they they do like a hexagon if it's a verified nft if it's in in your actual nft uh wallet you can actually right click and then mint as a new nft the the image that you right click save so people have been doing that as a joke uh, i'm not technologically savvy enough to do that but you can theoretically yes but you think most of the people the most of the people that don't know shit anyway you could do i i could just change my whole profile to like some, some the most expensive crypto punk and put that uh, uh, blenderhd.eth right i got to do that right and then i then i got to post some you know like my profile is like something something to the moon and and minting something they just they do some verbiage Absolutely. or something I and mean, you're telling me i get 10,000 100,000 followers uh i mean i think that it's typically related to so like board apes there's only a, there's only 10,000 total so like uh, what does i say i own all i own all the board apes I'm buying all the board apes. I'm 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 making them not bored anymore. Yeah, I I don't think people will believe you if you say that. You got to be a little bit more credible than that. Oh, a little bit more credible. It's not one of those things where the bigger the lie is, it almost feels like it has to be true. I don't I don't think so in the NFT space. I think you gotta you gotta keep it a relatively believable lie to get to get the followers. So if you just say I bought this gold board ape, uh, people might believe that. Just make it your profile picture. You do have to tweet about it at least once, I think, to like so people see it that you got a new board ape. Oh, do I have to post like an open sea transaction or something like that? But can't they look at that? Well that yeah, of course they could look at it, but ninety eight percent of people don't look. Right. That's but here's the, the thing. Point. You are gonna post it and then the actual owner of this board ape that you just right click saved is gonna come at you and say, What this guy is pretending to be me, this is this is not his, this is my board ape. And you're just gonna get more engagement based on the content 
controversy. So it's all right. You know, it's, it's negative. Uh, negative press is all, all press is good press. I think that's uh, right. I could just call myself Beanie, right? Yeah, right. Isn't that isn't that some dude that's scamming everyone or something like that? Yeah, and it's been it's been known for like a year. I think that he was a bad dude, and somehow it's still a shock to people every time somebody posts something new about him. Is he the Tommy G of the NFT space? I think so, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> but this is Twitter. This is Twitter. I mean, but uh, Twitter has its own culture. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, like people. I sometimes have people send me uh, memes that I saw a month ago because right. it's usually on Twitter first. My wife does that also. She'll show me her phone. Ah, oh, did you see this? I said, yeah, three weeks ago. Yeah. Exactly. Like, where, where did you find it? It's like, oh, I saw it on Facebook. It's like, if you yeah. saw it on Facebook, it's been on Twitter like for two months already. Right. I got to say my, my Facebook usage is down uh, at an all time low right now. I think I probably check Facebook couple times a week maybe at most and, and it's usually just like a real quick because i get a notification i get a little notification i go check and then now it's mostly like oh this is what somebody you don't know said on a page you follow for some reason and i don't care about that so you, you don't you don't you don't curtail the stuff that you like on facebook it's like the only people that i'm friends with on facebook are people that like i if i if i looked at the list it's like someone that i would literally like physically go to lunch with okay yeah, right. No, so, I, like, it's like, which means it's very, there's very few people that I that I'm friends yeah. with. No, I've got I've got high school people that I haven't seen since high school and wasn't wasn't really friends with in high school. Right. Yeah, got, What's the point? I don't I don't hear it that much. Uh, it's still interesting sometimes. I don't know. I kind of enjoy seeing what people are up to occasionally. But like I said, I also just don't really use Facebook that much. So maybe. Do you think you could use Facebook for DFS news? That would be ridiculous. No, I. I mean, maybe you could, but I, I am definitely not set up for it. I don't understand Facebook well enough to do it. Uh, well, the, the TikTok would not be a place to get DFS news either. Yeah, I, I don't think I would try that. Right. Instagram, it's weird to say, I think Instagram may be the second place to get news. If you could read into stuff. If you read into like the eyes from a basketball player that tell you he's getting that somebody's getting traded, trades going down, or, or whatever. So something, but I mean, uh, literally, sometimes Instagram accounts will have like, like where that we don't know if they were at shoot around, and it's like they're they're they have a hotel picture at two forty one p.m. and it's like I don't think this guy's playing tonight. Or I mean, like like you could find out like let's yeah, but he ha- you'd have to read into stuff. MMA yeah. fighters, if you follow their their ins- I don't I don't, but I mean I see. People that post in MMA channels will say, you know, on Thursday or something, it's like, this was just posted on their Instagram. I'm not sure if this dude's making weight, right? Like that type. It's like, like, okay, at least, at least there's, there's, there's something, there's a photo, there's something that you could garner. I'm not saying that you should be like, oh, and I got to follow all the basketball players on Instagram or something. Yeah, but, yeah. But all, all I can say is that if, if James Harden is is, is tweeting out is uh, has an Instagram photo at one fifteen in the morning, you know, in a dark place, it's probably at a, a strip club, right? Yeah. A buffet or a strip club? Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, a strip club, but buffet. We're saying the same thing, right? <laughs> so, is, is there any other ways that that you could use Twitter or like just as far as getting news? Only because it it annoys me. It, uh, everything annoys me, obviously. Uh, I'm very easily annoyed that there's in 2022, there should be no reason a DFS player should not know the news of any sport that they play. Some, some are harder than others, 
Yeah. Uh, because there's, there's like in soccer, for instance, uh, the Premier League, it's the most covered league. Like they, you're not going to miss anything. Everything is done. But if you're playing World Cup qualifiers for South America or Central, and and what's what's the Ecuador lineup? And it, it the game isn't even on television, and there's no it's Ecuador versus New Guinea or some some really crap game. Like you'll have to go on Twitter and just type in Ecuador XI or it's like and try to find and a lot of times you find conflicting starting 11s or you find you know every there's three Rodriguez's on the roster and it lists like without an initial and you're like which one is it like I could get that but at least you could find that information it it still it still annoys me so much when when people ask about like news related things where like yeah. anything you ask, I can find in 30 seconds. And then I'm sitting there going, why can't you just do what I just did? Cause it's not like, like my, my first reaction to them is like, do you think that NBA reporting goes through me? Do you think it comes through our discord? Like we're just posting from other, just look at the place that we're looking at. Yeah. Right. And you still constantly get over and over again, people that are like, you know, is, 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 is this guy in tonight? It's like, yeah. It's like, did you get a notification for it? It's no. the same thing on the, the Osmo YouTube channel. It's just people, is so-and-so playing tonight? It's like, yeah, it was ruled out an hour ago. Or, or sometimes we just don't know. I mean, sometimes it is players right. that we don't know yet. And maybe they're just hoping to get, like, the read of the analyst. What do you think? Is he going to play tonight? Uh, but Yeah, but then address it that way. At least that gives a connotation of, like, I know the information, but do you have any? And even yeah, my response would probably be, what the fuck do I know? Do, right. do I have the coaches on my cell phone? No, I don't. Right? Yeah. But to me, like that's to me, that's the least you could do. Yeah, that's right, why it, right, that, right. it annoys me because, like, I'm like, my my response sometimes is, you're competing in the same contest as people with uh, applied mathematics degrees and computer programming, whatever's, and like the smartest people in the world, and you can't figure out who's on an injury report for an NBA team. Yeah. Like, maybe you shouldn't be like if you can't even. If you can't even do that, if you can't even Google something and find something in 10 seconds, like, are you ever going to beat this game? Like, like, yeah, that's the truth. Like, what's so hard about just typing, type this into Twitter search, type this into, right? Is this guy active for like, like we have the showdown slates? Yep. Is blah, blah, blah active? It's like, this is is a conversation we had a few weeks ago about needing to be able to put in the minimum amount of effort or put in a lot of effort to be good enough. Like you're not, you're just not going to make it if you're not willing to put in the effort yourself to try to be self-sufficient. Right. And if you're not going to be self-sufficient, like all these sites, we have notifications and stuff. Like, I mean, like, oh yeah, like I mean, if, if you, if you don't want to look for stuff and just go, whatever important stuff is just going to come to me. I never have to ask for it because it'll just come to me. Yeah. I mean, that's like, what I do. I don't mean self-sufficient and go in to find the beat reports yourself. I mean self-sufficient and figure out which tools you can use to find the information you, you you need rather than bothering somebody else who's just using the same tools. Right. Because if it was 2013, I can understand. Yeah. Right? Because then the news, sometimes that was the edge because it was so hard to find the news and there weren't aggregators or services yep. that even showed that. But it's like NBA – just go to Twitter, go to underdog underscore NBA, put on notifications, and you're done. You literally, you don't need to look for anything NBA related ever again, right? Yep. 
But I mean, no, you can do the same with Roto Grinders. I mean, it, it may be two minutes later because Justin's the quickest of anyone. Yeah. But it's like it'll any anything that would be important to DFS will come to you. If it didn't come to you, either one, it had no one knows, or two, it's really not important. Is is right. the guy that the eleventh guy is the seventh guy off the bench? Is he in projected for eight minutes? Like does it? There's going to be no news notification for that. Like that, that, who cares? Yeah. It doesn't make any difference. I mean, if he's cutting into somebody else's minutes, eight minutes could make a difference. But but I get what you're saying in general. It's they they have a pretty good idea of what's important news, what what's actually going to affect DFS players uh, when right. they do that. And now Underdog NFL works too. I mean, they they just started and they essentially just do real uh, news that matters to us. That, that's a relatively new Twitter handle. I, I had been following NBC Sports Edge was the closest thing I could find to a good aggregator and then they had too many things that were not news it was just right. like, here's this person's breakdown and it was you know five times an hour of that so i kind of got tired of that so it's good to have uh, underdog nfl as well right or any of the i mean it obviously used to be fantasy labs before justin left yeah yep. uh but like even even wrote like the roto grinders alerts are free you could download the roto grinders app and you can get alerts for every sport or whatever. I mean, like, if, if you don't want to use Twitter, if you're like, I don't want to have Twitter on my phone, I don't want to look at anything like that, it's like, well, anything that you see there, we're going to we're gonna send an alert out about, uh, you know, you'll and anything that's worth knowing. Golf, like withdrawals in golf, it's like, oh, I got to get up and whatever. Yeah, you got to get up to, to see if there's any withdrawals or whatever. But it's like, there's no point is like, is, is Louis who stays in with Like, if he withdraws, it's going to be in the middle of the round like he always does, right? Anyway, uh, if you if you play golf, you know, like Jason So you know Day, golf better than I do, yeah. Right. Well, because uh, I played it for a while, for like two years. Uh, you know, like Jason Day played, and Louis Played as in a player or a DFS player? Oh, DFS player. I can't play golf. Okay. I can't play anything. What are you, I can play pitch and putt maybe, right? All right. Uh, but it's like all the news will come to you. So like, like if you're not utilizing that. I mean, I don't know if anyone's listening to this that doesn't, right. but I think that that media diet. Now, what, what would you consider that we're talking about news now that your media diet, when it comes to just like sports and DFS in general, like, you know, me that I'm much more likely to listen to a lot, a wide variety of DFS content related to slates and look at a lot of different sites like I'll look at Awesome I'll I'll read I'll read articles from other places and stuff. Not to not to if I agree or disagree with it, just to know what other people are looking yeah, at. I know what they're saying. Sometimes right. I get good information. Some people say all the time, Oh, I listen to podcasts so that I can fade them. I, I get that all the time. People saying a lot of sharp players say, I listen to what other people are saying so that I can fade to, to know what the field's gonna do so I can fade it. And that's not my approach. Um, I, I approach it as I'm trying to get good information, but sometimes I do hear people saying something that I interpret differently than they do and it's information that I am getting through them but I interpret it differently than they do. So I'm sort of fading what they're saying, even though I'm getting the information through them. I do that, but I don't, I don't consume content ever to, for the purpose of I'm going to fade what this person says, or I'm going to learn what the field's going to do wrong by listening to what this person says. That's just something that it's kind of a, a side product sometimes for me. Um, but yeah, I, I listen to all sorts of content. Uh, most of the content I consume these days is awesome. but sure, I listen to other podcasts and stuff as well to try to figure out um, what other people are saying and other good information that's out there. But I'm not listening to, like, 
I, my, my, the reason I listen is more similar to what, like, listening to see who to fade, but it's not because it's like, oh, the analyst sucks, and that's why I'm fading. Right. No, it's, it's more the fact of, like, the mathematics say that X player is going to be 36% owned, right? Around there. And I go to yeah. another site, and it's like 34, 36, 38, like somewhere in that range. Yet, if you read all the, like, they're listed as the top value play. They're like, like you, you got some, some podcast that 5,000 people listen to. You got to slam this guy. And it's like, dude's not going to be 36% owned. He's going to be 54% owned. Right. And that's going to matter now. And that difference, that delta is going to matter to the way that I build lineups. And then sometimes you see a player that's 26% owned in the ownership projections around the industry in aggregate. And it's like, like they're they're like the like the seventh best value or something like where they're good. It's an eight game slate or whatever, and it's like and like no one you like they're never mentioned. Like you don't. It's like they're sitting there and the projections there. They're sitting at twenty six percent ownership projected ownership, and like I don't how come how come no one's talking about them and and ends up coming in at fourteen percent owned, hmm. right? Because yeah. like no one like there was no like. People weren't just listening to stuff and watching shows and whatever. It's like, no, if you just trusted the project, you look at all the all the sharp players and they they're over the field and that guy. It's just that they weren't mentioned on anything because there was nothing to highlight. There was no new situation with the team. It's just like, okay, he's there, he's decent, he projects decently. Yeah, nothing to write, and and a whole bunch of other news happened. So everyone's concerned about this team and that team, and that guy's just sitting there in a weak, scarce position at sixty eight hundred that manages to fit into a bunch of lineups. It's like, so it's not a matter of like, oh, play the, play the guys that no one's mentioning and fade the guys that everyone's mentioning. It's just that I know how human psychology works. Yeah. That, that especially the non-projection people, like, you know, good 25, 30% of the field, maybe they're not looking at projections. They're just reading and listening to content and I'm like, yep. if you if you didn't look at any of the projections or anything, and you just listened to these five shows, it would say, oh, you, you got to play this guy. And it's like, yeah, like yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be sixty percent owned when he should be forty. Right. Doesn't make him a bad play. It just means that the lineups that I have him in have are too high owned, and I have to need to make up for that elsewhere. So, like to me, that's the reason why you consume the media, and it and also depends it depends on the sport. And it depends on the slate. I don't feel compelled to have to listen and and to the five NBA podcasts on a Monday, like right. I just I, I I on a four game slate or something like that. Especially because games. the news is going to change and change everything anyway. Right. But even without that, it's just yeah, it's not necessary. Right. Or or that that uh, a, a night before MLB type of podcast. It's like I I I don't know what I'm going to get out of that because nothing's really been set or anything. Like it's, yeah. I, I leave it on as talk radio type of stuff where I I'm just going through. And then I, obviously I go to different sites and see their projections and their ownership and everything yeah. and their top stacks tools and all that type of stuff. Cause other people look at it. Uh, but like, as far as like must it, I know it's weird where we both work for content sites and I think, I think we're, 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 I, I would say it a little bit more uh, bluntly than you, maybe. But I think you would agree with me that if Osimo and Roto-Grinders produce no written articles and no 
podcasts slash YouTube shows slash whatever, uh, it wouldn't. It would not necessarily affect any way that you play. Um, I would disagree to the extent that I do listen to. Uh, I listen to shows, so so I I think it sort of affects me some, particularly for NBA, more so than any other sport. I would say for NBA, uh, hearing how the shows break down injury news as it comes up, that kind of stuff, or like projects how if this player is out, here's how I'm going to change things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that would be, but just, just to just to make it clear, that's yeah. the type of thing that would end up happening in the projections. For the most part, yes. Right. There are occasionally. Something like, uh, so here's an example, maybe a month ago, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Adam Scher was on a show talking about Spencer Dinwiddie saying, I think that there's a real chance that he gets 34, 35 minutes and we haven't projected for 29 and a half because he was coming back from injury Mm. and it projected him for 29 and a half. I went in and manually boosted him because Adam was also a fan of the Wizards. But I think, mm-hmm. I mean, in general, they're looking at the, the popcorn machine and doing all of that, uh, looking at the data more than I do. They're, they're looking at the NBA data and kind of giving range of outcomes sometimes more than I do. So I do think that I, I do use the information that I get in shows sometimes. I don't read anything on any of the sites. I mean, I read, I read the tools. I don't read any articles generally. Right. Um, I just I read what the tools say. Um, so I don't think I entirely agree with you because I do and, and, and for golf. So I listen to the golf shows. I know nothing about golf. Uh, sometimes they say things that are kind of drastically different than the boom bus tool. And so I sort of factor in what, uh, you know, Ben Ross, Eric Lindquist, Jason Rosa, what those guys are saying. Uh, I, I, I kind of weigh it against the boom bus tool in determining what I'm going to do. Um, so I think I, I do let them sway me with the information that they're giving. So, so a couple of weeks ago, I think Ben Rossa said something along the lines of Seamus Power and Maverick McNeely. Either one of them could be $11,000 at some point this year, and it wouldn't be a shock. And that kind of, in my mind, is like, okay, this is, a, this is a player who might be a lot better than we're giving credit to right now, not getting a ton of ownership. Uh, he's kind of a, a high-variance player, and I boosted the, those players because of that, because it was like, well, they might not be as good as the, the number they're at, they're at right now, but they also might be a lot better. So internally, I, I kind of take note of the things that they say, and I do uh, use it in my evaluation process. Okay, unlike me, that I'm more likely to, I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. As long as the numbers are accurate, I, I really, it doesn't. Yeah. But I can understand, I, like, that, that for the NBA stuff, like, oh, I need to know the what-if type of situation for late swap. Like, I, I get that factor, but it's information that will end up reflected in the projections yeah. anyway. Well, but, but also the, the projections. So, like, uh, like, like, using the Spencer Dinwiddie example, I'm just weighing what... Adam is saying against what the person who did the projections is guessing is going to happen. They're both sharp players. They're both, you know, they're, they're paying attention. Uh, so if they have differing opinions and I can kind of say, well, if I, if I use the projection that we have in there, I'm going to get to no Spencer Dinwiddie, but Adam is making a compelling argument. I want to get to some Spencer Dinwiddie just in case he does get to the high end of that. So, and I think there's those kinds of things, that's just one example that came to mind. But I think those come up, you know, a couple times a week that there are examples of players that I think, okay, well, the projection says one thing and it's the projection isn't wrong to be clear. They are, they're giving you kind of more conservative projections because they're not going to make outlandish assumptions about, I think the coach is going to play him 10 more minutes than he's been playing. But sometimes the, the analyst will give that kind of range of outcome. And I find it useful to kind of, understand what the range of outcomes is for a player in terms okay. of you know, okay that makes minute. sense 
But yeah. if 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 all that media went away, do you think that you would you, you could you'd still be a profitable player? Yeah, yeah. I do think so. Like like M- like MLB like for instance in MLB using the top like the top stack type of tool and ownership and you know you're stacking teams like is there like MLB it wouldn't wouldn't change anything for me. Right. But that's kind of the point that I'm like like I I think People over I well I always this is this is how I always put it. You're listening the the stuff you're listening to or reading is just an explanation of the projections. So it's like yeah, to, generally yes, yeah, right, right. So like like so because I say this because like we both work for content sites and it's like well so you're telling me that everything that your colleagues do is worthless? I go no for the type of people that look at a at at lineup HQ or fantasy crunch or whatever. And they have all these numbers in front of them. They're like, I don't know. I get this icky feeling having to trust numbers. Like, well, I'll let here, here's this article that explains what those numbers, that why the numbers are the way they, because we, we, we get that in, 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 in our discord all the time. Like what, why does so-and-so project what, or why does so-and-so project so poorly in such a great matchup? It's like, well, cause he's, He's eighty nine hundred. The team total is one hundred two, and yeah. they're an eight point underdog. It's like, yeah, but but they're horrible against guards. It's like, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't matter that much. Like, yes, it's reflected right. in oh, the so number, but it's not reflected. You think it should yeah. mean this much, but it doesn't. Weather stuff. People, you know, people talk about do you factors. That was a big. There was a big topic of conversation last weekend. How much are you factoring in, factoring in the weather into NFL? Uh, score like into your projections for NFL and I my what both Greg and I said was well we're factoring it in because Vegas is factoring it in so right all of the projections are factoring in the weather you don't have to factor it in double on top of what the projections and of course uh you know the bills went way way over any projection that they had so um I guess I guess the right answer was not to factor in weather. I don't I don't know, but um, right, but it's yeah, already so I, it's already in there. Like all that stuff is already in there. Yeah, exactly. All all of that information, most information that you can find is factored into projections. There are occasions you the pro- projections probably don't factor into whether it's a good strip club city for for James Harden. Right. right. <laughs> so so I think that there are scenarios. I I try to. Uh, I mean, you gave me the catchphrase. That's what the numbers say, right? So uh, right. that's what the, the tools say. That that's what the tools is say. essentially. That's what the tools say. Yeah. So most of the content that I do is reading what the you know explaining what the tools say and how I interpret that in building my lineups. I try to occasionally find spots where I'm going against the tools. Like I try to find spots where I think it makes sense to. Okay, the tools say this. It's kind of a conservative estimate. There, there were a couple times this year where I said that I had interest in players who had projections of zero. One of them being. Uh, Jordan Howard for the Eagles, and he had a projection of zero, which was probably the right projection because he was coming up from the practice squad. They had two running backs ahead of him, and my, I said, well, I think that there's some chance that he comes in. He's really the only one of the three available running backs who is a big bruiser. I think he'll be the goal line back. Wouldn't be that surprising if they just want to use their biggest back. They're going against the Lions. I have some interest here at under 1% ownership. He scored two touchdowns that game and still didn't matter because uh, there were better running backs on that slate. But right. uh, there, there have been times where I'm like, okay, this is what the projection says. I don't think the projection is wrong. I think that there is a good chance that zero is his score, that he doesn't have any opportunity. But I also think <clears> that there is a, you know, you, you could get something big out of him if he does play in this matchup. Uh, and then on showdown, another time, Philip Lindsay was projected for zero because he hadn't played the week before. Um, and I said, well, 
He's getting literally no ownership on a showdown slate. And there's news out here saying that they want to use him. I have some interest here. And then, of course, he had 13 carries or something and did nothing with them. So neither time really benefited anybody who heard what I had to say. But I think that it's interesting to hear those kinds of things where, okay, the projection says one thing. And occasionally, I think I find it useful to get away from the projection. Or, or, or that the projection has a much wider range of outcome yeah, than exactly. simply the median. I think I think that's that's where a lot of people, average DFS players, get messed up. That they look at the median as the projection, and not that that's just the center number in a range of outcome that could be extreme, depending on the player. Extreme, like that Jordan Howard. It's like, like if if we played this laid out a hundred times. More than 50 times, he literally gets a zero. He literally yeah, plays zero play. snaps. Yeah, right. right. Yeah. And then then 45 other times, he gets under five. Right. And then four times, he gets like 10 or 15. And then one time, he gets 28. Right. And it's like, like if we made a medium projection, it would be two. Right? Of all of yeah, that. And right. be like, why are you playing a guy with a two-point projection? It's like... Well, at the very upper end, especially in like in a showdown slate or type of small slate yeah. type of thing, it's like if you play that guy at 0.65% own, like you could do anything else in your lineup and like you're making a case that there are there are outcomes in his range that make winning lineups. Yep, exactly. That have a realistic path. Obviously, there are outcomes where uh, – uh, the uh, the starting quarterback gets injured on the first play, and the backup quarterback comes in and throws yep. for 400 yards. Yeah, you're probably not doing that, right? Yeah, that's right. Not something that I that I, I play the backup running backs. Sometimes I'm like, is it really that much sharper of me to play backup running backs, which I do all the time in showdown? Is that any sharper than the backup quarterback? Because, I mean, the backup running back is more likely to get there. Like, definitely has more paths, I think, than the backup quarterback. But sometimes I wonder if. Uh, well, the, if, no, no, well. Uh, the backup running back is typically cheap, while the backup quarterbacks aren't. That's a good point. Yeah, right, six thousand dollar quarterback is much different than a fourteen hundred dollar running back. Right, it's like Mar- Marcus Mariota comes. In, Marcus Mariota is, of course, everybody's favorite example. If he comes in and gets a one yard rushing TD, which he does sometimes, uh, it still isn't going to be optimal at his price tag. Whereas, right. if if Boston Scott does it, or whoever the, the right for eight hundred bucks on the bottom of the showdown pool, right? Yeah. Yeah, then, then, then that's that's, that's much different. Yeah, but it's but it seems but it seems like like your 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 media diet is. I mean now now that 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 you do this full time, are you are you more likely throughout the course of the, like on a on a typical day, like are you like I'm gonna watch I'm gonna, are you watching the are you watching Josh are you watching the process? Are you getting, you're, not, you're not a morning person, so you're definitely not watching that live. I'm not watching it live. Uh... I don't watch it that often. I yeah, maybe, maybe I watch it less than I should because sometimes when I do watch those shows, I'm like, it is really interesting to hear the different processes, the thought process that they put into it. Um, but yeah, typically I don't consume a lot of the daytime info. I don't really start consuming much until hour and a half before lineups lock for NBA. I start yeah, for NBA. Okay, yeah. let's take out NBA. Let's put it in more for like an MLB something where where as long as like the starting pitchers are all like in yeah like other than maybe like oh they're gonna platoon this guy in the lineup or you know oh this guy comes guys come maybe coming off the 10 day you know injured list or something like like most of the time like to me mlb dfs is is like the most the least i would say the least stressful dfs it feels like i could i could i i i could go about my day and play quite like i could 
If I wanted to, I could show up 15 minutes before lock and build 150 good lineups. But I also feel like I could listen to content throughout the day and just kind of take it in and just go like, oh yeah, that that's yeah. A, um maybe people will play the Braves more than I thought. Oh, you know, like and you could yeah. just kind of like peruse stuff that you know things aren't. It's not going to be one of those things where the Dodgers lineup comes out and it's like it's all backups and and Kershaw gets scratched and that happens like 14 times a night. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's uh so I think this past year, which was my best MLB year ever, I think I could probably consume the least content um, just because I was, I just realized I'm very reliant on the tools for MLB. I read what the top stacks tool tells me, what are the, you know, what, how, how owned is this stack going to be? What are the odds of it actually getting there and kind of shape my exposures accordingly. Um, but I do think that there are definitely times that I miss things because I didn't consume content, things like, Oh, this is a game where it's just going to be a bullpen game, or I don't know. I think I think that there there's still some usefulness to the content. You know, this year, for example, I think is is it Baltimore that is uh, making it harder to hit home runs? I feel like if I didn't learn that kind of thing, I might I might go half a season before I adjust my priors. <laughs> uh, so I don't. But know. But that would be accounted for in the projections. It would be it would be accounted for. Sometimes you know I let my priors say like, oh, why why is this team only uh, projected for two percent? Why is this stack only going to be two percent owned in Baltimore? This is a great spot. And, right. You know I can just be wrong sometimes. I mean that's I'm not immune to just being. Well, wrong. just like San Francisco, like people didn't realize last year that they changed stuff. That it's San Francisco. It it's 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 still a pitcher's park, but it's not like. Not like so people would just avoid teams in San Francisco and go like, no, this is or a Petco or something yep. like that. It, and, and then not realize that like this park isn't as bad. And then like the Marlins changed their dimensions and that, that became more hitter friendly. And then people think of like the Royal stadium as like, is Kaufman a pit? Like, but to me, all of this is already accounted for in the projections. I, I like that. Yeah. The reason that I'm listening to the content is I want to hear people's biases. Right. Yeah. Right. I, even, even if it's correct or incorrect, it's just like, what, what is the, how much of the bias is going to be on this slate? And that's what, and that's essentially what I'm judging. Not whether or not they're correct or incorrect is that all projected ownership around the industry is done on a much more analytical level and not done on on a human level right. that it, it that you you have to add the human you have to add it and the more and more that that you're pumping one guy because he's the best value on the slate the ownership ha- almost has to go up right yeah. so, and uh, the ownership has to also like start spreading the more on one guy gets the less owns like five other players get right and then once you start adjusting all of that, then that's easier to see. If I were to not look around the industry and see what's being said or listen or even even just leisurely, I'd sit here and go, okay, uh, this guy's 30% here. On this other side, he's listed as 24% owned. This side, he's listed as 36% owned. What's the yeah. middle of those three numbers? And then next thing you know, they're 48% owned. And you're like, how the fuck did that happen? Like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's a useful process to to look at all the sites. I think it's probably something that I should do more of because I agree with you. It's you know occasionally I will be caught off guard and probably shouldn't be because probably if you look at another site, they're touting this player that it was kind of I, I wasn't expecting to get steamed as much as they are. So um, yeah, I think 
I think what you're doing is useful. And maybe I do some of that to, to, to an extent. I consume information. I consume uh, content throughout the week. And maybe it kind of gives me an idea. Uh, but I don't, I don't internally uh, actually adjust the ownership projections uh, necessarily, except for maybe to some extent I do. If a player is projected for... 4% ownership, and I've seen people tweeting about him all week, I will internally say, okay, I don't think that 4% is going to be right. So I guess I, I do it, uh, but maybe uh, less thoughtfully than you do. I adjust what I think the ownership is going to be. So are we, so, so are, are we somewhat in, in, in agreement? Because some people, and, and some, some, some people I've heard, think the other the other way. Like what, we're, what I'm saying, at least, is that I think it's worthwhile to look multiple places. Like as yeah. long as you could, as long as you're able to remove the bias, like so, I have no problem listening to this show here, reading that article there, seeing someone's, you know, the, the core plays list or, you know, the, you know, and I don't, and I'm not doing it because I want to see what they think. I really don't care what they think. And a lot of times I'm looking at stuff that, that whatever analyst is saying, I actually don't even respect their opinion. Like I, I actively think they're bad, but I know that, a thousand people are looking at it. So like, I'm going to look at an end. So I, I value that, but there's some people that would say, do the opposite, that it would be better find one place that you trust. And then, and then have like, you know, just block out everything else. And I, yeah. I, 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 I can't see in a peer to beer game where you're playing against other opponents. Why having information on what your opponents are looking at is not valuable. Yeah. So I, I agree with you that it's valuable. I don't think I have the patience to seek out content of people whose opinions I don't respect and to spend an hour <laughs> listening to that content. So I, I typically... You put it on one and a half speed. You put it on 2x. You can go right I put through. everything. I put everything on one and a half, 2x speed. So that that is true. But uh, typically, if there's not at least one person on a podcast whose opinion I do want to hear, uh, I'm probably not going to listen. But yeah, I, I do agree with you that anytime I'm consuming content, I'm still using my own brain to process what they're saying. I'm not saying this person thinks this player is a great play, therefore I'm going to give them a huge boost. It's if the analysis that they gives makes me agree with them, makes me think, okay, they are a great play, then I will give them that boost. Uh, and sometimes I sometimes they'll say, I think this player is a great play, and I might end up lower in their projection. Uh, and it's not not necessarily because of not because of the analyst. There, there's no analyst that I listen to that I'm like, this guy is so bad that I'm going to fade what they're doing. It's just sometimes when I think, okay, I think that this is flawed reasoning that a lot of people are going to follow, and I'm not going to follow this reasoning. Uh, might might happen. Yeah, but for me, the flawed reasoning is just looking at the numbers. So it's like I'll list, I'll, I'll see some list of like here's the here's the top three plays of the slate. It's like okay, first guy. I look at I look at my aggregate projections and it's like, okay, I get the first, yeah, the best value play on the slate. Yeah, no problem. Get that. Second guy is like, okay, he's kind of like the top spend up option. I get that. And then the third guy is projected like seven points lower than anyone else. And I look at, I go, oh, what, why? Like any, and I go, okay, let me take a look at projections here, projections there. Like they're all like, like bad, like poor project, like not, not horrible, horrible, but like, like this guy's gonna be this. This guy should be four percent owned. Yeah. But then I see like, and they're like, probably not gonna be four percent. Probably gonna be eight percent, only because it's on that lit. Like, so it's more likely. It's more likely I have none of them, because obviously, because I'm not changing the player's projection. I'm just changing the ownership. And based on all of the actual player projections, this guy should be four percent owned. Now I'm putting him up to eight. 
Like, I'm never going to get any of them. I'm like, like it's going to be bats wildly over a, twice as owned as they should be. Yeah. And it's all based on some, like, I don't even know how, to, I don't need to know what the reasoning is because I'm already trusting the numbers as it is. So I'm just listening for people that say stuff that doesn't adjust, that, that isn't reflected in the numbers in any extent. Right? right. Now, a lot of times when you're listening and reading stuff, it's all around like the chalk cash type of lineup anyway. So you're not really like, obviously in GPPs, you're not just trying to build like, oh, here's the eight chalkies players, jam them in, yeehaw. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of times, most days, what, what what are on those lists and articles and podcasts and everything agree with the projections to some extent. I mean, like, right. like yeah. I mean, I'm looking through, it's like, like, oh, yeah, what's the difference between this guy and that guy at the same price? And they're like a one-point projected difference. Yeah. So it's like, feel free to flip a coin if you want. I mean... The one exception that I found is golf. When I, when I listen to golf content, and then I like I look at what I've done, if I just like do a, a blind run of golf lineups, they'll be like, oh, they really like this guy that I'm getting zero of based on the Osmo projections. And it's Osmo content, Osmo people right. doing this show, talking about a player. Oh, they really like this guy, and I'm getting none of him. Uh, so th- that's the one exception I would say where people just, uh, the, the analysis doesn't always match the projections. I don't trust people though. You project, you trust the project, but I feel like in, in golf in particular, it might be harder to project and. Well, no, no, no. See, the difference is, is that in a game like golf, it's very similar to MMA. So like I will listen to MMA content. So it's a, you do golf, I'll do MMA. It's very similar where the median projection is, doesn't matter. Doesn't mean it. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's doesn't mean anything. Huge range of outcome. You win or you lose. You knock them out in the first or yeah. Right. Either you make the cut, you don't make the cut. Like it's just like you're rarely ever going to get in that middle range. In MMA, it's like the guy could score 136 or two points. Like it's like it's a heavyweight fight. It's over in 15 seconds, and one guy has 117, the other guy has two. And the thing is, it could have been either way. Like I mean, like it could have been one or the other. Uh, I I li- I listen. Uh, for, I listen for the biases because I'm not going by the median projection. I'm going by the betting lines. Right, right. So, for instance, in golf, I would be going by the the win odds or the top 20 odds or something like that instead of the actual, like, median projection. So when, like, in MMA, a lot of times the analysis is very similar to the betting lines of, like, oh, that that this guy's a horrible play because... He's had 12 straight decisions, and, and the other guy has not been finished in 27 fights. And I'm like, okay. And then I look at the inside the distance line for the guy, and he's plus 480. And it's like, I didn't have to listen to the 10 minutes of conversation. All I could do is look at, why am I playing a $9,000 fighter with a plus 40 inside the distance where everyone else is in the you know plus 150, minus 110? It's like, yeah. And they're explaining the reason why. Because the guy... The guy uh, is not a finisher, and the guy that he's fighting has never been fucking knocked out, and yeah. it's already reflected in the betting line. So, like, I, I don't have to. Yeah. I, should, I, should probably, I should probably be using your approach more in golf. Right. So, I like, I, I, I wouldn't be confused by that. Forty minutes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that that show with the golf golfer, it's like maybe maybe the, their style of play or somehow in the projections make their median lower. But it's like based on the win odds, it's like, well, they have a 0.86% win chance and they're going to be 2% owned. And it's like, that's worth play. That 
That, that's the reason you're playing. It's not, you're not playing for, well, this guy makes a lot of birdies on par fours and the, the, the strokes gained approach is, I don't care about any. I, the, same thing for MMA. The only, the only thing in MMA that I have to pay attention to, it's reflect, it's reflected in the projection is, uh, the, the, the fighters that can score well in decisions because based on my metrics, like the correlation between inside the distance wins and 100 point scores is very high. But there are outliers of especially wrestlers especially that you know if they could take you down eight times in a fight, have 12 minutes of control time and get 120 ground strikes, it's a three round fight and they score 142 points and their inside the distance is like plus 280. And it's like I would never get there with just those lines. Their median projection is much higher than some other fighters. Typically, they're like 10 points higher, so I need to weigh that into account. But okay. I wouldn't know, like, the, the classic one is so Marit. So you do need to have some knowledge of the sport. For, for only, for the, only, uh, for those inst- only for those instances. Yeah, yeah of, but there are those instances that exist where right. just going by the lines and adjusting everything doesn't always work. You need to know at least a little bit about the specific fight type, the styles right. of the fighter. Yeah. Right, so like I would like Marib Davalshvili, like he never finishes fights, but he, he takes like sixteen takedowns in a fight. You'd look and like he's forty four percent owned at a plus four hundred inside the distance, and it's like it, based on my spreadsheet, it would he was vastly over owned, but the dude scores like one hundred and twenty points every fight because of his fight style. And that wouldn't be accounted for in the betting lines because the betting lines are only just like, is he going to get a finish or is he not going to get a finish? And then you have then you have ones where uh, the inside the distance is like, like you have two guys in a fight. One is like plus 100 and the other guy is plus 240 in the same fight. And it's like they're highly, this, li- this fight is highly likely not to go to decision, but they're both, they're both knockout artists. So it's the type of fight where there's probably not going to be any grappling. There's going to be no take. It's basically uh, uh, guys that that throw two or three punches a minute and they throw haymakers and one of them is going to get knocked out at some point in the three rounds. But from a DFS scoring perspective, like if they win in the first, if they win after the first minute of the first round, they're going to score like 94 points. Right, which is which is yeah. which is fine, but it's like the likelihood of them scoring a hundred plus, like is right. is is high because they're going to score ninety to one hundred a lot of times, but the likelihood of them scoring one hundred and forty points is almost non-existent because right. they just don't throw in a volume or anything. That's the type of like so. A lot of times, based on my spreadsheet, those knockout artists compared to their ownership come out really high. Interesting. And I sit and I sit there going, it's like why why is this guy who's like plus one forty like twelve percent owned? And it's like, yeah, because it's a guy that will throw eighteen punches in three rounds. And if he doesn't get a knockout in the first round, he's dead like literally he's DFS very, irrelevant. Very binary. Yeah. Right, very binary. Either he gets a first round knockout or you might as well have never played him. Because he's going to score like sixty points at best, which, which you love in GPPs. I mean, right? Which you love. We love the bot. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I don't mind having some of them, but I need to know going in, so I'm not, so I know what those ranges of outcomes are. Because that median projection and that betting line is not going to tell the full story. Can I do my lineups without listening to anything and not knowing any of that information? Yes. 
but it gives me that that's the extra five percent. Yeah, I, th- I think I think I think the the overall point that I was trying to make with the you know your media diet is that that media diet that you have is that is that last five percent. Yeah, it shouldn't be. That isn't the first ninety-five percent. The first ninety-five percent is what do the tools say? Yep, exactly. The last five percent is like you. the little tweaks. Yep. But I think that five percent is still kind of important. I think I think that I would be a winning player without that five percent, probably. Uh, but but I do you think, think people could just be winning winning players just on the five percent? Oh no, that's that, that's the but that's the point. That's where I think people go wrong. Like, oh, I'm right. just going to listen to shows and see what they say. It's like, well, why don't you just Use the tools first, and like that's that's where you're gonna win more than just finding out who's on someone's core plays list. Yeah, I agree with you. So this is this this is what you should be doing, Neil. Uh, what you've learned that uh, you need to engage more on Twitter. Yeah, I don't do that much Twitter engagement anyway to begin with. So yeah, what you, you have to you have to, every every every. Uh, Awesome show that comes out on the awesome dot com account. You have to quote tweet with probably nothing. <laughs> I like that, <laughs> right? Probably like it's like an NBA DFS strategy show, or like when when Josh does the does the you know the opt the, the percentage for DK and Fanduel more of less of. He says quote tweet probably probably nothing, <laughs> right? Jokic prob probably nothing. <laughs> Or the eyeballs emoji or something. The rocket ship emoji. You got to do the rocket ship emoji. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Right? Rocket yeah. ship emoji, eyeball emoji, probably nothing. Yeah. Dot ETH. Probably throw out an occasional NGMI. Right. Not going to miss it, right? Is mostly, that what- most, not going to make it. Not going to make it. Is that- I'm going to do it mostly on your anti-NFT tweets, I think. Okay. Is that what NGMI stands for? Mean? Not going to make it? Yeah, yeah. Not going to make it. Oh, that's is that supposed to be sarcastic? Uh, so it, it's initially a, uh, here's my understanding. Uh, it initially was used by NFT people, uh, to, uh, put down non NFT or anti NFT. Right. That's what I thought. Not, oh, gonna not going to make it on crypto or NFTs right. because you're anti, yeah, you're not going to make it because you're not on this rocket ship with us on the NFT crypto. Have fun ship. staying poor. That's another one, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that it has been uh, has become more sarcastic. Now people use it a little bit more sarcastically, um, and then also W A G M I. We are going to make it is something that I think uh, initially was just NFT and crypto bros uh, ready on the, on the flight together on the rocket ship together. Um, and maybe it's I don't know if that one's be used as much sarcastically. Right. Well, I don't see that much of it since I mute all the accounts to talk about NFT right, yeah. too much. Yeah. Right, I, I see some of it because there are people that have a have a nice balance, yeah. but you know I try to I, keep it nice and balanced. I don't do a lot of NFT tweeting. Right, Just no, but there, dude, there are some people. I mean, I, mean, I know the more I that you a lot t- of NFT people too. The I don't more, hate it as much as you do because I'm also kind of into it. I believe in it a little bit more than you do. The more that you tweet, the less I believe in it. <laughs> right, <laughs> I know. It, so here, let me just just real quick. Let me let me touch on this. Is there a point where you would buy? An NFT, like if, if they get if a board ape gets down to one ETH, would you consider buying it at that point, or, I, I, or you just you just don't want it? You're not you don't believe in it. You think it's a, a Ponzi, and you're just yes. not gonna. Yeah. Okay. I own I own no crypto and no NFTs. All right. I, I is absolutely actually the if it got down to one ETH, I'd be less inclined to buy it. 
Yeah, because then it's more likely to go to zero. More right, sense. more likely right, right. The, 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 people don't understand those types of things, right? Oh, oh, Bitcoin's down thirty percent the past month or whatever. Good time to buy. It's like no, it's actually like it in the in most assets in, in the history of time. The more that it goes down, the more likely it is to go down further. And that's the main reason I not to get into a finance debate or something. That timing the market is like why bother, right? Just yeah. like. And that's why I always make fun of the crypto people. Of like, oh, it's time to buy the dip. I'm like, aren't you the same person that puts 100% of their, their, their life worth? And how do you have money to buy the dip? Nobody has any money to buy the dip. Come on. Right. So, like, like again, what, so what, what does that mean? I just, right. have, I just have to say one thing, Blender. NGMI. I'm not, NGMI. but I'm not going to miss it. <laughs> that's, that's also true. Right? The, the, it, it, the people at the top of the pyramid are going to make a whole bunch of money. 99% of people are going to be four years, five years from now. I'll be like, could you believe we were under all that delusion? And uh, now I have to go get a real job or something like that. Uh, and then the people that uh, at the top of the pyramid will just go on to their next pyramid. That's, that's, that's what possible. it is. I, I would not rule out that you are correct on this. Uh, you were doubtful of NBA top shot from the start when it was, and, and at the time it was also just completely like, there was no way it was going to sustain the way it was No, going. it's so it was easy time, to see. It was, come on. That was, that was, I mean, that was easy for me to see, except I, I believed that I believed in the product and I still, I still do. I will, I will confess. I believe in the product. Uh, but I, my thing at the time was, well, people were buying Mason Plumley for a hundred bucks. There's no way a Mason Plumley gif out of 1500 is worth 100 bucks that's crazy but to me i was like i'll still buy the you know the lebrons and the the superstars debuts that kind of stuff there were so i thought if you target certain things i think that they have value and i still believe that but uh i also uh, i'm not going to claim to have any uh acumen in this space so uh so we don't need to debate it i don't think that you're necessarily wrong i just i have a different read on it than you do well that's the sure i i always admitted the short-term flipping Oh yeah. As, I, I if you can find cool. volatility in any market, there's money to be made short term. Sure. But then don't don't make any claims long term. Like that to me, that 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 was my stance. It has nothing when debating with like Davis and stuff like that, it's like, oh, so you're telling me that you if you go in and buy a pack for sixty bucks and you flip it and turn it to 180 that you wouldn't want to do that? I go, it's absolutely fine, but then don't convince me it's a long term proposition. Like you could do that in any volatile market. I could do that in fucking bananas. I mean, that's what commodities trading is, right? right. It's not long. These aren't long-term. You don't hold commodities for 30 years. It's short-term. It's like just like Forex, right? Currency trading. It's the same type of thing. As long as there's volatility, there's money to be made, you know, arbitraging, stuff like that. But like, it, it, if you're investing, like... Like, dude, is this something that I'm going to buy and hold on to for 20 years? Right. Don't don't tell me that it is and then see your trading activity as if you're flipping fucking bullshit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, no, I, I would never do that. I would never claim that I think this is a great long-term buy and then be constantly flipping. Yeah. Right. Well, th that, that's there's a the lot only... of that in the crypto NFT space. There's a lot of people just always pumping their own bags. Right. Sure. And there so wouldn't, I get, if, I get why, if, if yeah. you believed in it so much, there wouldn't be a need to, you know, you don't see me tweeting out, uh, SPY, uh, the rocket ship VTI rocket. Like, like what? I don't need to pump my S and P 500 index funds, right? Like, sure. like, dude, like I, I've no, I've no, like, dude, if, if that goes to zero 
Money doesn't matter anymore, right? Right. Yeah. right? If NFTs and crypto go to zero, the world still goes on. Yeah. Right. That's, that is true. So I don't mind throwing in now my my I'm 42 years old. The money I'm putting in now is I'm taking out when I'm 62 years old. Right. So like I I don't I don't know. Oh, well, this went up five x in three days. So yeah, in the fourth day it went down ten x. Like what what am I doing? Like either either you're yeah. playing you're you're playing a slot machine. Then just say it's a slot machine. You're like, okay, fine. It is what it is. But I fucking want seeing people tweet about this is the the metaverse. No, Neil, it's it's more the reason why I'm jaded. Uh, we're we're close to the same age, right? Yeah, I'm 38. Okay, so we're close enough. I number one, I w- I was into technology early, so like I was on the internet before people knew there was an internet, right? So like when people People say to me about Bitcoin and crypto and DeFi, and they, uh, you know, you, oh, you're a boomer. You don't understand. Number one, I'm not a boomer, and and you don't understand. It's like no, I understand. Like I've lived through this already, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm 24 year old guy, people are telling me like like oh you don't get the tech. It's like dude, this is yeah, this is 1998. I I I was on Wall Street during this time. Where the gross, the growth, the the guy, the uh, cashier, the grocery, uh, on where where I worked uh, near Wall Street, he had stock picks, right? Of whatever dot com companies. You, you think you're biased? So you you say you've lived through this, but you've lived through one example that you're giving me of something that is similar to real estate bubble two thousand five. There's another one. Okay, all right, but still, you might be biased by your experiences that are most similar to this might not be the exact same. Again, yeah, but oh, hold on, hold on. I, and, and my and my my response to that is uh, in in the hist in the history of uh, uh, of of finance of anything of assets or anything like that, uh, the, the of the number one thing of any disruptive anything is this time it's different. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Right, because that so that's what you're telling me. You're saying, "Oh no, you know this. You know the commodities and assets that went woo and bubble, bubble. You know the bubbles before. This time is different. Well, you could, every bubble that has ever existed, the people said you got to get into this. And we go, well, what about the last bubble? It's like, well, this time it's different. Like you're 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 making the. If you say that, you're now convincing me not to do like everything that happens in that space makes it makes it more and more likely that I'm correct. Sure. When I hear nothing, when I when I hear when I hear uh, that uh, where 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 crypto is viewed at the same way that my S&P, my Vanguard index funds are, then I'll believe it. That then yeah. when when there's no one tw- who tweets about that stuff. Yeah. Right. No one- I agree with you that the hysteria around it makes me believe in it a little bit less. I think that you are right there. Um I, I'm, and I also I, I don't claim to have a deep understanding of any of it. <laughs> so I think I've heard a lot of you know about use cases of NFTs. I don't really get into it. I just kind of follow like, okay, I think this person's pretty sharp and they're getting into this. Maybe I'll be able to make a little bit of money off of it. Or th- this looks interesting. The things that I've heard kind of interest me. Uh, but I also am not somebody who's uh, a deep down like a true true NFT geek where I'm like really following the roadmap and this is where it's you know trying to figure out whether something really has legs. I just kind of tail other people in this space a little bit. I can understand if you put a certain percentage of your net worth into a risky asset. Like, like I also want to come from the other side. Like 
if you're like, I'm going to put 5% and, and yeah. this could, this could 50 X or something. God bless you. Exactly. I, I get, I, I, I have no issue with like, if, if, if I were to do anything like that, it would be that it okay. would be like, yeah. why, why don't I take, why don't I take the money that I have in my stock portfolio and take 5% down and, and, and buy Bitcoin. Right. I could, I, I could see doing, I, I could reasonably see this anytime that someone's like, "Oh, I have eighty percent of my net worth," and then yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah that, well, that's, that's a different story, yeah. right? That now, 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 you completely, you completely lost me, yeah. right? Because that's what we, I mean, in DFS, in the in the lives that we live, we're we're we're, we're take we take risk way more than the normal, the average American that's population. Right. Yeah. I mean, so it's not like like people look at me like I'm a fucking nit, and it's like no, compared to most of the world. I'm right. risk. I'm really risk. risky, right? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> people look at what I do for a living and go, "Wow, you really took some risks there," right? Well, then people people say people say uh, it goes back to that tweet, uh, which I think was a real tweet initially. I'm tweeting this from my 800 square foot apartment. Uh, just got an offer of five hundred thousand dollars for my board eight. Turned it down without question or something like that. Right. That's what I'm like. Don't don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. Right. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like I'm not I'm not anti I just this all looks like greater fool theory, like until until that I mean not until it if and it up oh, and here here's a here's the last the last note is very to wrap it up with DFS. If I'm wrong, okay, and Bitcoin blows up and crypto and DeFi twenty years from now at the same time horizon that I'm talking about, so when I'm sixty two years old, and it'll be the type of thing where. When you you know when you were forty two, saying that you did fucking don't believe in any of this shit, you would have a hundred extra money, right? You would you would have taken that two hundred thousand dollars, and it would have been twenty million. Now twenty years later, I'll still look at my two and three million dollars and go, I'm st- I'm I'm still fine. Yeah. Right. Like I'll like that. Like you don't have to evangelize. But like I'm perfectly fine if I'm wrong. Only being well off when I'm 62, and not being, right. not being like, like a wealthy, wealthy, yeah, right? Yeah. And if you happen to be the, if, hey, the guy that bought Doge at whatever and flipped the looks and whatever the hell's going on, like, oh yeah, I put $500 in and now I'm worth $500 million, right? Like, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't do that. Like, I'm, I'm still fine with my life. Like, it's, yeah. but it's very similar to DFS. That so many people, uh, at least from what I see, are like, well, if you're if you're if you're not trying to if you're not trying to turn ten x your bankroll every year, then why are you playing DFS? Is like that's that's never going to be the attitude that I ever have for anything. So yeah. like, but I mean, but for average DFS players like that see guys like you max entering stuff. Or even guys like like they look at my volume and think it's, you know, I play high high volume right, in comparison, right. and they go, no, I just like playing one hundred and two hundred dollars and a slate, and I've been playing for six years, and I make like ten thousand, twelve thousand dollars a year on average, and it pays for me and my wife's vacation and my kids, you know, yeah. something like. like on top of your regular job, you're making ten, twelve thousand right. bucks having fun. There's nothing wrong with that for sure. Right. But where you shouldn't be looking at 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 uh at Osimo, at Alex going, 
which is which is the trap I fall into is looking at right. you know, other people being like, "Ooh, I want to get to that level. That'd be that'd be nice." Right. You know, if I just keep up what I've been doing, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. Right. So, dude, but so you say you fall into that trap? Oh yeah, for sure, I fall into that trap. Hearing hearing people talk about, uh, you know, is uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, chess is okay. Saying like, "Oh, this player he fell off. Well, he if he had just kept playing like the regular." The regular tournaments, he'd make you know at least like three hundred thousand dollars a year. Like making it sound like three hundred thousand dollars is nothing. I'm like, man, if that's if he thinks that it's that much, that that easy to make a lot more than three hundred thousand, like that's a a small number. Yeah, right. I fell into that a little bit and started playing higher volume, thinking, well, I'm a good player, I should be able to make. Yeah, but who's you know, no, who knows that, that dude? Who knows if that's true? I, I mean, come on. I, I know, I know. Right. That. Yeah. <laughs> that's a. Yeah, but I, but I think but but. I think from a from a public perspective, I, I I hope at least that I'm very clear about that's that's what I teach, yeah. and that's that's always going to be the perspective that I come from. Of like, I'm not going to teach you how to make to win the Millie Maker. I'm not like the how to yeah. play well, get a percentage, and you could build yourself up over time. And it's not get rich quick. Anything. It's like, oh well, what happens if I only have a thousand dollar bankroll? It's like. You could, there's nothing wrong with the thousand dollar bankroll. You could be at the point that I am five years from now. Right. Right. Like it, it, you could do it the same. It's like getting to that point. The only difference between me and you, Neil, is the time horizon really. Yeah. Like from a bankroll perspective, I think you, you will make more money than me. I mean, obviously you won the Millie okay. Maker, so you'll definitely I mean, yeah. make more money than me. Yeah. But even if you took that out, right. is that the only difference between me is the time. But like, I think... 20 years from now, if we kept on playing DFS, like, I'm going to, I'm, it just would take me longer to get there and have yeah. less risk involved. So, like, that. But, so, so, let's say you won the Millie Maker. Would you then max enter anything? No. Or are you still just trying to shoot? So, like, yeah. You know, you know what I'd put, do with my Millie? The, I'd, I would, I'd take out, what, 800,000, but uh, 900,000 and put it into fucking, fucking Test and P500. I mean, like, that's what I, I mean, who would, <laughs> If I get an average return of five, even five to seven percent on a million dollars, that's fifty to seventy. Th- like that's literally the goal. That's yeah. like that's like if I had a million dollars and got a five to seven point five percent return, that's literally the goal that I say well, on this podcast. All, remember all the taxes you're gonna have to pay too. So you got yeah, but I have to pay taxes on DFS winnings anyway. So I mean, like yeah, yeah. But like the milli, like you can't. It's not like you put a. You can't put nine hundred thousand into the. Right, other. right. Of course, right. Because you're gonna have to pay. Right, obviously. But yeah. I say, but that would be my perspective. It wouldn't be like, oh, now it's the time to max enter. It's like, no. Now it's the time. Yeah. Yes, my bankroll has gotten bigger. I will still. I I will up my volume, but at like. Yeah. Am I max entering every? No. Am I playing the Thunderdome? No. Am I? What is what is what is my goal? My goal is to make fifty to seventy five thousand dollars a year. Right. Doesn't matter That's if I have. It's reasonable. Yeah. Right. And the more money that I have, the less likely I even play DFS. Right. <laughs> okay. It actually yeah. goes the other way. If right. like you told me, if it's uh, twenty million dollars dropped in my lap right now. Like, yeah, that's that's probably true for me too. I would probably just at that point, what am I playing DFS for? What what's the grind all about? Maybe I don't know. I, you'd I'd play I, recreational. I'd play recreational. 
yeah, I, I might. And it, it's such a big part of my life right now that I don't actually know that I would that I would drop out of it. But you know, I said that after after I won the Millie Maker, I, I said that on my show. I did a little interview with Alex, and I said, yeah, who knows? Maybe I'll stop playing DFS for all I know. Like I, I didn't know how I would react, and then of course I have doubled down and gotten more into it. So I don't right. I don't really know how I'd react if I had right. But the, but the point that I was making with the twenty million is that. Why would my goal be to make fifty to seventy-five thousand dollars a year playing DFS? Yeah, you don't need that. Yeah. I don't need that, right? I, I already have put that money somewhere. You're making more, so yeah. Right. So. so I would only be playing DFS just because I enjoy playing DFS. I just it is right. what it is and whatever it is. But I mean, at the current state, I'm playing to make money. Yeah. Right. So I need to make money, but I don't need to make a million dollars. Right. Yep. Not gonna miss it. Probably nothing. <laughs> Okay, player Q DFS on Twitter. N Corfield, N I always say N Corfield, N C Orfield, eight K on uh, on uh, DraftKings, and uh, and it, well, you, you'll still be doing the the next weekend must have. Yeah. You're gonna do, you'd be doing the must haves. Oh. So yeah, so I'm gonna be at the Tournament of Champions next weekend. So that'll be fun playing with in a tournament of a hundred people, uh, where the top prize is a million bucks. What, what's the slate for that? Million. Is that just the? It's a two-game, two-game slate. Yeah, conference okay. championship games. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Uh, we'll, we'll see if I can keep it up uh, while doing that because we'll be, you know, I'll be in a room with all the other players who are at the who are in Arizona. So uh, I might be a little bit distracted, but I'll try to keep keep it going. Well, you yeah. don't have to. I mean, yeah. We'll, we'll I'm gonna be. I'm gonna mute you. I, I just. I'll just mute you. What's that? I'll just mute you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> okay, so 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 good luck. I, I could wish you good luck at that because I'm not in it. So. Thank you. So win. So, so win the million dollars so you could quit DFS, right? So we could have this conversation yeah. next week or two yeah, weeks exactly. from now, right? right. We're, we're on it every other week for people that don't know, right? Because yeah. I've gotten some messages. Oh, where was the podcast last week? It's every. It's every other week. Until we get back to football season again, uh, so uh, let's 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 see if you could be a can you be a two time? Does that count? If you win the million in a hundred man contest, are you, are you a two time million? Mil, you're technically a two time million winner. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that I am just for you right. know, I'll put it in my, in my Twitter probably, but right. but I won't really believe it. <laughs> right, because you when, typically when someone says million maker, I'm expect I, I consider like the low stakes. Like a twenty dollar yeah. mil, two hundred thousand people in the tournament. Right, right. I'm not considering a a hundred man live final type of stuff. Yeah, that's what I, I'll say. That is my excuse on why I'm not a. I'm, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm a million maker winner and a tournament of champions winner is what I would probably say. Because okay. that's even cooler than a million maker. Right. In my opinion, winning the tournament of champions is you know the dream. Because that means you're the champion of all the champions. Exactly. Although it's one and a half million less than the football champion. So, is it really? Is it really? It isn't. Yeah, it's not. It's all a sham. Yeah. It's a Ponzi. It's a Ponzi. <laughs> probably nothing. You know what's not probably nothing? The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass that you can find at theoryofdfs.com.